We have started a short series talking about the history of Ahmadiyyat here in the United States. But this story does not start in 1920s, instead it starts long before that. In the last series, I had mentioned already about the promised Messiah Hazrat Ahmad and his desire to spread the message of Islam and how he shared that message in one way or another, all because divinely he was promised by God Almighty that I shall cause thy message to reach the corners of the earth. And so within his time, he struggled and strived for that. I wanted to speak a little bit about this as our introduction. The Holy Prophet Muhammad in the Holy Quran has been given two different responsibilities. Two different roles. The first role was the perfection of religion itself. It was to provide a perfected religion. No other religion before had ever been complete or perfect. So this was of course fulfilled by the hands of the Holy Prophet Muhammad ﷺ himself in his very lifetime when the Holy Quran was revealed and completed and when his teaching was completed. And in this way, the Sharia of Islam was introduced to the entire world. But the second part of the prophecy had not yet been fulfilled. Or the second role. The second role is the spread of the perfected religion of Islam. So it's one thing to be perfected and perfect, but the other one is to spread that religion around the world. This of course we understood that this would have been fulfilled by the Messiah of the Holy Prophet Muhammad wasallam. And in such a way we believe of course that after 1300 years of Islam, in the most diversely religious plane on earth, which was then India, the voice of Hazrat Ahmad salam to spread Islam around the world began to be raised. It was at a time when Islam was in the Middle East, Asia and maybe Africa, but that was the most extent of Islam at that time. It had not spread all over the world. So Hazrat Ahmad salam had a very unique distinction based on his claim that God would support him to spread the message of Islam. And so in his own life, he successfully shared Islam's teaching with Europeans, with islanders, and of course, with Americans. I'll start with the very first or earliest attempt that we have come across thus far. There may be many more. But from my research, the earliest I could come across was of August of 1887. When was Ahmadiyyat officially started? 1889. This letter was written 1887. Okay? And it was written and it was published, sorry, in Oakland, California. And it was a letter written by Hazrat Ahmad to a St. Louis man inviting him to learn about Islam by trekking all the way to India with all expenses paid in order to remove any hindrance in learning about true Islam. He also spoke about Brahina Ahmadiyya. And just imagine for a second, 1887, the Promised Messiah article is being published in California, a letter he wrote to a St. Louis man, Every which way he's trying to get the message across to even the most remotest place possible. And what does the newspaper say after his letter? 
It says, provided one wants to investigate the religion of Islam, Mr. Ahmad salam, certainly makes that investigation as pleasant and inexpensive as could be expected. The editor is saying this. That really if somebody wants to learn Islam, it couldn't be easier than this. And this is how it's being published. But again, this was not enough for the promised Messiah This attempt alone was very small and minuscule. He wanted to continue. So what happens next? A proposal for a religious contest is announced by Hazrat Ahmad And he announces it to the British government. That the contest should be between faith leaders in order for us to decide which religion is supreme, which religion is better. He said, it's not enough for me to prove to you with books and literature. I want us as faith leaders, let's get up, you get up, you represent your religion, I'll represent Islam, and I will prove to you that the message of the Holy Prophet Muhammad is greater, is the greatest. And he says that within one year, they should prove their connection to God Almighty and publish it in the papers. Now this was announced in India, went to, the, went to England because it was the British government, he announced it to them. This challenge made it to America. And it was spread all over. So many newspapers talked about this. And then what does it say at the very end? It quotes, it says, if he fails to prove that Muhammad wasallam was greater than all others, Ahmad offers to submit to crucifixion. He said, if I cannot prove to you that the Holy Prophet Muhammad is not the greatest of all great, put me on the cross, crucify me. This was his conviction. This was the, the, the article was writing it like this. And how beautiful it is that the second coming of Jesus would say the same. He would say, put me on the cross if you wish. Try. But I will prove to you the greatness of the Holy Prophet Muhammad. Now the third thing, again this is not enough. Again this is not enough. What does he do now? He sends these letters so often that he invites people to come to visit him and people do. The one I've already mentioned last was about Charles Seavright, who was given the name Muhammad Abdul Hakim. I will just share a brief portion I read last time. He says, he quotes, Charles Seavright himself, Hazrat Muhammad Abdul Haq, He says, eventually when I was presented to him, eyes looked into eyes. He knew me to be Abdul Haq, the slave of truth. And I knew him to be the divinely appointed one to call the true believers together again to make the world safe for Islam. This is a Sahabi buried here in the United States. But many others joined as well. In fact, Hazrat Ahmad continued to engage Americans, Europeans, Australians, anybody, West, East, wherever they were from, he would call them to Islam. Why? Because the Holy Prophet Muhammad had a prophecy. He said, the sun will rise from the West. At this same time, Hazrat Ahmad started an international periodical known as Review of Religions. Many of us have heard of it. I hope all of you have subscribed to it. But this again was a way for him to directly speak to the Western world. Educate them and bring them to Islam. In the midst of all of this, there was a pastor in America. 
And he began to announce his disgust for Islam and for the Muslim faith and for its founder, the Holy Prophet Muhammad Now when Hazrat Ahmad al-Islam, again I told you, he's trying to spread and shake up America and all the other countries around the world. When he hears this man, he immediately turns his attention to this founder of this growing movement. And this movement's founder's name was none other than Dr. John Alexander Dowie. He claimed to be Elijah the third. You all know that Elijah came in the first time. He was supposed to come again before the coming of the Messiah Jesus. And he came in the person of John the Baptist. So now here he says, I'm the third Elijah. I have come before the coming of the Messiah. I'm here to welcome the promised Messiah. So the promised Messiah says, what are you waiting for? You don't have to wait. I am the promised Messiah. I'm already here. No reason for you to wait. But this man of course had great anger and hatred towards Islam. Unbelievable. One of his missions, his greatest mission, John Alexander Dawi, it was to wipe out the religion of Islam and wipe out all Muslims on the face of this earth. He writes, one of the greatest system in Orient is Muhammadanism, meaning Islam. Zion will have to wipe out that shocking blot upon humanity. That accursed flag will have to come down from the high towers of Jerusalem. May God help me to knock at the gate of the Muslim before long. The Muslim will fight. There are hundreds of millions of them. One of the great wars imminent is that between the cross and the crescent. This was his vision. So Hazrat Ahmad Islam beautifully, he says, you want to wipe out all Muslims? Let me give you a better proposal. Why don't you just focus on me? Ask God to kill me or wipe me out. Forget all the millions. Why are you wasting your energy? And then he says that if one of us is fabricating a lie, if one of us is lying, pray that he should die before the other. This is my challenge to him. Now, this kind of competition, this is the first time that I was able to find where US media picked it up. And they had such a great interest that was sparked between them that they began to publish dozens and dozens and dozens of articles all over the country. Dozens and dozens of pictures of the promised Messiah Challenges to Dawi, so much so... It just kept going on and on and on. One of the newspapers of 1903, it states, Mirza Ghulam Mehmed of Qadian, Punjab, India. Now just imagine, 1903, in America, we don't even have articles, maybe today publishing with this much detail, that the promised Messiah saw in his life. He says, Mirza Ghulam Mehmed of Qadian, Punjab, India, insists that John Alexander Dowie of Zion, Illinois, USA, is not up to date. Allah is good. And Muhammad is prophet truly. But Mirza Ghulam Ahmad is the Messiah. So claims Mirza Ghulam that each should pray that the other perish. And Mirza is lost in wonderment that the overseer of Zion has not towed the scratch. Says that the Mirza, I mean Masimud al-Islam or Hazrat Ahmad al-Islam, he's surprised. Why isn't he taking the challenge? Why is he so scared? This is the comment of the, the article. 
And he says, the new Messiah writes, Dr. Dawi should further bear in mind that this challenge does not proceed from any ordinary Muhammadan. No ordinary Muslim here. I am the very Messiah, the promised one, for whom he is so anxiously waiting. He's dying to wait for the promise. That don't worry, I'm here. It's me. No reason for him to wait. Then Hazrat Masima, the Hazrat Ahmad Islam, he further says, he says the proof that Dr. Dawi furnishes in support of his extravagant claims is the very height of absurdity. He said his claims are completely absurd. He claims to have healed hundreds of sick men, but why did his healing power fail in the case of his own beloved daughter? where it should have been exercised in the highest degree. Look at this Ilzami Jawab, so beautiful. He says that, look, he's healing all these people. You know, he's, the, he's considered the pastor who is the father of healing. You know, nowadays you watch on TV, there's, oh, he's healed. Dawi was the first person to introduce this idea. Where he would walk around and say, you are healed, you are healed, you are healed. So Promised Messiah says, really? You can heal people? How about you heal your own daughter? You could not do it, she suffered. But again, Dawi then gets so much pressure on him. Because remember, every turn, every place he goes, there's an article about Promised Messiah with his picture, with his comment. So now Dawi is very frustrated. So in his own newspaper, he writes, he says, Can you imagine me answering to these knots, meaning these flies? He says, These knots and flies, if I were to put my foot on them, I could crush them to death. This is what he says, Dr. Dawi. And then of course, Hazrat Ahmad a.s. He is ready for a reply. In a newspaper it gets published, he says, Come thou, O self-styled prophet, to a duel. The weapon shall be... The promised Messiah replies to, to Dawi's statement, Can you imagine me answering to these knots and flies? If I were to put my foot on them, I could crush them to death. Hazrat Ahmad a.s. replies, He says, Come thou... O self-styled prophet to a duel, the weapon shall be prayer. Let us kneel on our knees in the dust of the earth, you and I together, and petition the Almighty that of us too, whoever is the liar shall perish first. And then the newspaper reports, he says, Dawi has not accepted the challenge, neither has he declined it. Perhaps in the calm of Ben Macdui among the Michigan peaches, he is formulating a reply. What they're saying is that perhaps he's sitting on some mountaintop thinking, what should I reply? What should I reply? He is concerned. This is what the newspaper realized. And again, you can imagine at this time, in America, people were saying, you know what, who is Mirza Ghulam Ahmed Why is he ta- Why is he challenging Dawi? This is how great Dawi was at that time. So a newspaper writes, it says, perhaps Dawi, meaning he, Dawi will treat the challenge with scorn. And tell Mirza Ghulam Ahmed to go and get a reputation. However, that may be, Mirza is no featherweight when it comes to pretensions. He has a following of over 100,000 members rapidly growing. And then it says, quoting Hazrat Masih Maud al-Islam, Hazrat Ahmad al-Islam, it says, I look upon the son of Mary as a weak human being. Look at how much, how much strength he had in his message. He says, I look upon the son of Mary as a weak human being, although I recognize him as a prophet of God. While Dr. Dawi takes him to be the Lord of universe. Which of us is right is the real point at issue. 
And then he says, I have not taken the initiative, but the jealous God has inspired me upon Dr. Dawi's presumptuous prediction that all Muhammadans shall perish. He said, when Allah heard him say that all Muslims will be destroyed, Allah forced me that I should speak up against this man. Now people kept in the newspapers in America kept going back and forth about you know, comparison. One of them even compared the length of their beard just to prove that somehow Dawi was better. It says, Dawi has compared, it says, and in the matter of whiskers, whiskers, Mirza is considerably handicapped. This is what it says. Dawi's chin is decorated with a snowfall that reaches to his white to, to his watch chain, while the Muhammadan boasts only a straggling black beard that hardly hides his collar button. Okay? Adding on another side, then it says, but about Mirza Ghulam Muhammad al-Islam, he sports a puffed and knotted turban that looks as religious if it does not outshine Dawi's hairless pate. So it says on one end that his beard is short, but on the other end, his turban looks very religious, very holy, as compared to Dawi's bald head. <laughs> this is what it says. Even look at their comparison. They're looking at every little thing as a challenge. Again, this did not stop Hazrat Ahmad al-Islam. He writes, he says, the sign of Dawi's death can serve as a luminous sign for the people of Asia, America, Europe, and India. This sign, which emerged as a prophecy from the Punjab, reached all the way to America and found fulfillment in a person known by everyone in Europe and America. And then Hazrat Ahmad says, seeing that Dawi is not willing to take on the duel, not willing to take on the challenge, this is what I will leave you with today. The last statement he makes. Hazrat Ahmad says, If Dawi runs away from this challenge, be sure that a great catastrophe is about to befall on Zion. Though he may try as hard as he can to fly from death which awaits him, yet his flight from such a contest will be nothing less than death to him. And calamity will certainly overtake his Zion. For he must bear the consequences either of the acceptance of the challenge or its refusal. Now it's a one-way sign. No longer we're going to pray together. You don't want to pray, don't pray. But your Zion, your fame, your church, your everything that you stand on, Allah will not allow it to stay. It will be destroyed. And the next part of the story, which I will share inshallah next Wednesday, one by one, step by step, the moment this is announced, it is a time when Dawi was sitting at the top of his throne. He was a king of a city, king of all of America. He could go anywhere with thousands of guards, police officers, full on. He would convert thousands of people in a single day. He would be traveling all the way to Madison Square Garden, wherever he likes to go. But one by one, all of the dominoes started to fall. And then we find out the very end that he died in the life of the promised Messiah completely destroyed, humiliated, with no church, no city, and nothing left in his name. This is the great, great triumph in the life of the promised Messiah that has affected 
this land that we live on today. We are very blessed and lucky that we are one of those few countries where the promised Messiah Islam proved his truthfulness and spoke to the people here directly. It is now our turn to take on this mantle and remind the world of this great triumph. May Allah help us to do that. Amen.